Welcome to the show, guys. This week, go ahead and like the show. Go to anchor.fm slash Lance Sampson to support the podcast. It's found on Spotify and most other major podcast platforms, so spread the word. And uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. Starting us off on Saturday in the college ranks, we have number 20, Florida, taking on number 11, Tennessee, in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium. 2.30 p.m. Central kickoff on CBS, uh, and the over-under for this game is 62.5, with the Volunteers coming in as 10.5-point favorites. The Volunteers, uh, undefeated at 3-0, Florida is 2-1 on the season. And the funny thing is about this game, Tennessee has been sporting a high-powered offense this entire season, but they are actually the number one ranked total defense in the SEC, which is quite something considering you have schools like Alabama, Georgia, A&M that have pretty good defenses themselves. So that's quite a feat for Tennessee to have this early in the season. Uh, like I said, with the offense, Hendon Hooker has those guys just up and rolling. Uh, in the first quarter alone, they are outscoring opponents 228 to 61. Uh, so that does not bode well for Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators offense. And speaking of Anthony Richardson, he has thrown zero touchdown passes and and he has four interceptions. So least to say that is a sputtering offense for the Florida Gators. And yes, the Gators are 16 and one in their last 17 versus the Volunteers. But everything in this game is pointing to Tennessee just absolutely rolling at home. So I'm going to pick the Volunteers to win and cover the spread at Neyland Stadium. That place is going to be absolutely jam-packed. Uh, it's going to be a party, uh, and the Volunteers should come away with the dub pretty easily over a, a, a middling Florida team. And staying in the SEC, we're scooting on over to Jerry World, uh, 6 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. You got the Southwest Classic with number 10 Arkansas playing number 23 Texas A&M. Razorbacks are 3-0. and uh, Aggies are 2-1. and Aggies are actually favored by 2.5, even though they're ranked 13 spots lower than the Razorbacks, and the over-under for this game is set at 48 points. So the talk, of course, is been centered around, you know, AM coming off that uh, loss versus App State. They bounced back last weekend on Saturday night versus Miami on national TV, and uh, they did a decent job. They did what they needed to do. Max Johnson came in in relief of Haynes King and did what he needed to do in the, in, in the flow of the offense. And uh, he just, from the eye test, he just appears way more comfortable in the pocket. He can make throw. He can make some throws, uh, not as, as strong of an arm as Haynes King, but he can make more accurate throws way more often. He's an underrated scrambler. And I just think with his leadership and experience in these type of games, I think this is what the Aggies are going to need. Because I think if Max Johnson was the starter versus App State, None of this would be talked about. Aggies would be undefeated. Uh, come at me if you think you think I'm crazy, but AM has the talent. Um, certainly not where it could be because I think I've been saying that this is not their year. But again, you know, AM was still more talented than App State. But I digress. Um, the Aggies do get Evan Stewart and Denver Harris back, their star. Uh, freshman, wide receiver, and cornerback back after suspensions last week for stupid stuff. Um, you know, people are talking up Arkansas to be this big juggernaut that AM can't really beat. I mean, K.J. Jefferson's 
capable of doing some great things with his arm and his legs. You have Raheem Sanders, who's leading the the SEC in rushing from the running back spot. Sam Pittman has made Arkansas into a pretty good program and has built a nice culture in in Little Rock. But A&M still is 9-1 and one in their last 10 games versus Arkansas. And of course, you know, last year, Arkansas finally broke the streak. Uh, when w- first started when AM came over to the SEC in 2012-2013. But I still maintain that AM has has sl- slightly more and better weapons than Arkansas. No bias there. Devon A. Chain and I Smith, they can beat you in many different ways, both running the ball and and catching the ball. Um, but statistically, AM is the worst offense in the SEC. Um and my concern is the explosive plays have not happened really yet. You know, Haynes King did have a couple of long touchdown throws against Sam Houston State, but that was way back uh, in week one against, you know, Sam Houston State, which is no scrub. But again, Sam Houston State's not really an FBS powerhouse. Um, so there there has to be some room for improvement just with the de- – you can throw a bubble screen to maybe an Ice Mist Devon Chain and maybe they can make some noise, but Arkansas has some real athletes on the defensive side of the ball. But also Arkansas's defense is ranked near the bottom of the SEC. I think they're the third worst ranked defense. So Max Johnson could have some potential to make big plays in this game and light up Jerry World. This game, no matter what happens, no matter what the circumstances are, it is a very close game. Um, it has come down to the wire numerous, numerous times. I do not count on either team blowing the other out. So I'm going to pick AM to win and cover the spread and win uh, 28 to 24. I just think, think uh, Jimbo Fisher is still pumping up the locker room, making sure the guys stay hungry. And even though they beat Miami, they still got a long way to go. They're starting SEC play. After this, the Aggies go on the road to Starkfield to take on Mississippi State, and then they travel to Tuscaloosa to take on Bama. So it, things are just getting started for AM. And I still think that they have a good chance of, you know, running the table in the SEC West. Uh, yes, the, and that includes Bama because their talent, with the way Bama has looked at, at times this year, Bama is not, with the way Texas played them over in Austin a couple weeks ago, I think Alabama is very beatable, even even in Tuscaloosa. But for now, AM will take their business against Arkansas, against the Razorbacks. And uh, they will win and move to 3-1 and one and start SEC play 1-0 versus the Razorbacks. Okay, screwing on over to the ACC, we have uh, number 5 Clemson taking on number 21 Wake Forest. The Tigers are 7-point favorites on the road against the Demon Deacons. The kickoff for this game is 11 a.m. Central on ABC tomorrow. Both teams are 3-0 to start the year. The over-under for this game is set at 55 and a half. The thing is, the big thing in this game for me is Clemson's defensive front. Um, the way Wake Forest runs an RPO slow-style offense, um, that's just a bad matchup, really, for Wake Forest. And another stat working against Wake Forest is they are 0-24 since 2000 versus top 10 opponents. Now, Clemson, I wouldn't say is warranted to be number five with the way they played on offense, especially they have, they have a really good defense and DJ Wagale has just not really shown that he's a superstar quarterback who can just 
make explosive plays week after week and just uh, prove that he's up there with like, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Caleb Williams, those elite Heisman level quarterbacks, or even Setson Bennett of that, of the type. You get what I'm saying. Um, and Clemson, they are 13 and 0 uh, with Dabo Sweeney as their head coach versus Wake. So I'm going to give Clemson the benefit of the doubt. Um, this is one of their toughest games on their schedule which is usually the case given because the ACC is usually weak from top to bottom. It's only really top heavy. Uh, but give me the Clemson Tigers to win uh, against Wake Forest, and and they'll do just fine against the Demon Deacons just because of the matchups they have in this game. And we'll see if Cade Kubenick, uh gets some more playing time in this game. Uh, we'll see if Dabo even – we'll see if Dabo starts to really go with him as maybe the full-time star over, over DJ, but that's another story for another day. Going back to the SEC, we have number one Georgia at 3-0. They are 45.5-point favorites at home in Athens versus Kent State. 11 a.m. Central kick on ESPN, and over-under game is 62. Um, Georgia's defense in their three games this year has only given up 10 points total. And Stetson Bennett's been playing out of his mind, and he's a Heisman candidate for a reason. Uh, six total touchdowns, zero picks, and over 70, 70% completion. The only... The only other quarterbacks in the country to do that are C.J. Stroud of Ohio State and uh, Caleb Williams at USC. So so Stetson Bennett is firmly in the Heisman race. Um, Brock Bowers, their very young tight end, who honestly could play in the NFL now if he really, really wanted to. Um, he's only 19, but he's looking like one of the best overall players in the country um, just with the way he plays and the way he runs routes and finds. And his speed, too, is just killer, even at his size. Um, I just think, yeah, Kent State's going to be overmatched by talent in this one. They got Marquez Cooper out of the backfield, and Colin Schley is a decent quarterback. They put up 63 points last weekend versus Long Island, but this is Georgia. Georgia is just head and shoulders above everyone in the country right now, including Alabama. And uh, give me give me them to win and cover the 45 and a half. I just, I, they're clicking on all cylinders, and Kirby Smart's just building an absolute juggernaut in Athens as we speak. And speaking of Bama, they are at home as 40-and-a-half-point favorites against Vanderbilt. And this game kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Central on SEC Network Saturday night. The Commodores come in into this game at 3-1, and one, and this is surprising given Vandy's uh, football performance the past few years, but I digress. Tied, of course, are 3-0, and oh, um, and uh, they have actually won 22 straight games versus Vanderbilt. So history would say that the Tide would have no trouble against the Commodores. But the the thing that people are noticing about Bama this year, like last year, their offensive line is not playing great. Bryce Young hasn't been given too much time to throw as he has in in other spots. And their their weapons on the outside have not been as dynamic. They haven't had a lot of NFL-quality NFL caliber receivers this year step up and make a ton of plays. They've made spots in spots here and there, but they've come in the non-Texas games mostly. Um, and they haven't hit the home run much either on the ground, except that one time in the Texans game in, in the Texas game. Um, and AJ Swan for Vanderbilt, uh, he was named the SEC, SEC freshman of the week last week. Um, but also for Vanderbilt, they've lost 21 straight uh, conference games. And again, history doesn't bode well for them. But get, just give me the tide. Um, 
Nick Saban, you know, he's going to coach his team hard. I could honestly see this where Alabama is kind of asleep for the first half. Like they lead by maybe 10 points or 14 points, but in the second half, they just overwhelm the Commodores with their talent, wear them down. So I think Alabama is going to win, but they won't cover the 40 and a half point spread um, just because of the scenario played out. But we'll, we'll just see what happens. Uh, scooting on up to Lexington, where the number eight Kentucky Wildcats are going to host Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is coming in one and two uh, against Kentucky, that is three and zero oh on the season. Kentucky is a twenty-five and a half point favorite, and this game kicks off at six p.m. Central Time on ESPN two, with the over/under set at fifty-three and a half. Um, you say Kentucky, they're number eight, they're a good team, and Will Levis is a really good quarterback who should be a, a top ten pick in the in the draft come April, but he's just been inconsistent in putting up big numbers. Um, and he still doesn't have the services of his uh, running back, Chris Rodriguez, Kentucky does have 13 straight victories versus the Mac conference. But, um, the one thing that worries me about Kentucky is their 2.23 yards per carry, which is the second lowest in all of the power five. So I count on Kentucky winning, but this is going to be a, a game where the under I think hits two, and uh, and the and the spread is not covered by Kentucky. Northern you can bank on Northern Illinois uh, taking the plus twenty five and a half on the road. Um, Kentucky is just not one of those teams that's just going to light you up and 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 blow you out of the yard with their with their home run passing and and whatnot. It's just they haven't showed me or anybody really that they can do that. So I'm going to take the Wildcats to beat beat the Huskies in Northern Illinois at home, but they won't cover the spread and the under is going to hit. Uh, number 16, Ole Miss at home, taking on Tulsa, 21.5 point favorites. The Rebels are 3 p.m. Central kick on SEC Network, and the over-under for this game is a straight-up 66, not a hook. Um, both teams can throw the ball over the yard. Let's start with Davis Brin, the quarterback for Tulsa. He actually leads the nation in passing, he has over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, and only one interception. And in fact, Tulsa is 3-0 all-time versus Ole Miss, and given the last time they met was in 1946, but that's just a fact that I wanted to point out to you. And and on the other side for Ole Miss, you know, Lane Kiffin, his offense puts up points. You got Jackson Dart and Luke Altmyer, Any either one of those guys can start, and Zach Evans, the running back, can put up some big plays. This game's going to be high-scoring, um, just – with with both teams just able to put out a ton of offense. So I'm going to go with the Rebels, but this is also a game where it's going to be kind of a Big 12-style shootout game where defense is kind of non-existent. Um, so give me Ole Miss to win but not cover the 21.5-point spread. Uh, scooting on over to the Big 10, we have Wisconsin taking on number 3 Ohio State in Columbus at the Horseshoe. 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC Saturday night is this game. Uh, Wisconsin, the Badgers coming in at 2-1 to the 3-0 number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, Overrunner for this game is 57, and the Buckeyes are 18.5-point favorites. The key to this game uh, for Wisconsin is definitely trying to slow the game down, run the football, and make sure they generate pressure because – uh, Graham Mertz cannot match C.J. Stroud and his weapons in offensive production. Um, and given that Ohio State has won eight straight versus the Badgers, you would figure that Wisconsin is going to go with that game plan, utilize Braylon out on, 
Allen out of the backfield as much as they can. Um, Jim Leonard's going to have, have his hands full trying to stop um, CJ Stroud and the Buckeye offense. Um, and the Buckeye run defense is going to be needed in this game. Um, not as critically as, you know, Wisconsin needing to execute their game plan, but that's still a critical, critical component for Ohio State to keep their keep their defense overall fresh throughout the game. This is a game where it's going to be close. Um, Ohio State wins at home because of C.J. Stroud and the way that he can put up points. And Ryan Day is a pretty good coach. But this is also a game where I just think the spread is not going to be covered by the home team. I just, you know, something tells me Wisconsin is going to keep it close somehow through the first half and maybe even the first three quarters. But uh, Ohio State pulls away late with their talent and they make their signature like long touchdown pass and explosive play. And, you know, there's your prototypical prototypical Buckeyes win on a Saturday night. So give me the Buckeyes to win, but not cover the spread in the bit in, uh, in Columbus. I was about to say the big house, but speaking of the big house, that's where we're going to next uh, with the number four Michigan Wolverines hosting the Maryland Terrapins. This is an early kickoff on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central on Fox, big noon kickoff on the East coast. Um, both teams are three and on the season. The Wolverines are 16 and a half point favorites. Uh, and the over under is 65 and a half. So Michigan does lead the FPS in points per game with over 53 points per game and point differential plus 149, outscoring their opponents by 149. And they've won their last six games versus the Terps. Um, the thing is, though, Michigan has played an absolute joke of a schedule. Hawaii, Colorado State, and I believe it was Akron. Like, they've basically played nobody. So Maryland, Talia Tagovailoa, he's he's able to put up some numbers, and he has Hakeem Jarrett on the outside to get the ball to. But with J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan offense, just because they're going up against a power, like a real power five school in, in football, I just, I just think the Wolverines are going to get the job done. Jim Harbaugh is, is cooking something special after their success last year, getting to the college football playoff and beating Ohio state. By the way, that'll be a fun game at the end of the year, uh, Michigan, Ohio state, both teams stand defeated. But um, for now, Michigan state will win against Maryland and they will cover the 16 and a half. I believe that they'll put up enough offense to do so. Central Michigan at number 14, Penn State is where we go next. The Nittany Lions coming off their absolute destruction of Auburn last week down at Jordan Air Stadium. Um, Nittany Lions 28-point favorites over under for this game is 63, and it kicks off at 11 a.m. Central on the Big Ten Network. Of course, Central Michigan, you know, Jim McElwain, you know, you can count on them to put up some points like they did like they did in the opener versus Oklahoma State. Uh Lou Nichols, their running back, he actually led the nation in rushing last year. But the thing working against Central Michigan is their pass defense. They are ranked 123rd out of 131 SBS teams in pass defense. They are allowing 298.7 yards per game through the air. And that's just not going to work. Uh Sean Clifford is not I wouldn't call him a, a truly elite quarterback, but he's a very veteran season quarterback. And not to mention that Nick, Nick Singleton, the Penn State running back, who's the best running back at Penn State really since Saquon Barkley, um, who's averaging 11.1 yards per rush attempt. Um, I say 
Penn State has found their formula, and that's that really run that balance between rushing and passing has really benefited um, uh, Sean Clifford and Penn State as a whole. James James Franklin is now he can relax a little bit knowing that his offense is more two two dimensional now than it has been in past years. But the only concern for Penn State that I have is you know after they destroyed Auburn last week, are they you know are they going to take Central Michigan like seriously or lightly? Is this going to be a classic? hangover or a trap game or just a game that they're just really slow at it and just they take a long time to actually um, participate in. I, I think Penn State will get the job done um, and cover the 28 points just I, because James, James Franklin is that type of coach and Penn State, I think, has turned a corner a little bit. Um, they're def- they're Right now, they are the third best team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State and Michigan. And they can definitely down the road. They can give those teams definitely problems with the way they they play football. So give me the neat, the Nittany Lions to win at Happy Valley um, and cover the spread. Uh, moving back down to the ACC, we have UConn taking on NC State. Um, Six thirty p.m. Central kick is this game on ESPN three, so it's online. Wolfpack come in as thirty nine point favorites, and the over under is forty nine and a half. So. Uh, I see NC State, Devin Leary, um, they'll have no problem with UConn. Now they play Clemson next week, so if they get caught looking ahead, it could be a track game. But um, UConn, the last five seasons, is 5-35 is five and 35 overall as a football team. So Jim Moore is just um, scrambling to put anything together for UConn. But NC State's going to win and cover the 39 points. I think, yeah, UConn, it's going to be a long day for the Huskies. And speaking of Miami, they are ranked number 25 uh, after their loss at AM last Saturday night. They are hosting Middle Tennessee in Miami with the Hurricanes as 26 point and 26 and a half point favorites with the over under set of 52 and a half. And the kickoff time is 2.30 p.m. Central over on the ACC network. Um, the thing for Miami, um, they're still going to miss Xavier Restrepo, who was out again for the AM game, and he's also going to miss the same versus Middle Tennessee. He's their best receiver. And um, Tyler Van Dyke definitely missed him last last uh, last weekend because in four red zone trips for the Hurricanes, they had zero touchdowns, which is not, not a great sign. Um, but the saving grace for them against Middle Tennessee is Middle Tennessee is 0-21 against ranked teams versus since 1999 um chase cunningham he can put up numbers so and their running back frank peasant can make some plays um but you have to believe that mario cristobal has had these guys practice really hard and gonna take this game really seriously so give me the canes to win and cover the spread on saturday all right we are heading out west now and we'll start with number seven usc um who is traveling to corvallis saturday night to take on the oregon state beavers this is an 8.30 p.m. Central kick on the Pac-12 network. Both teams are 3-0. and And uh, Corvallis is one of the most underrated places. The atmosphere in Corvallis is just one of the under more underrated places in college football. But USC comes in with a good offensive line. You know, Caleb Williams and Weapons, they're, they're coming in mostly clicking on all cylinders. They have the best turnover margin in FBS with uh, plus 10 in that department. Um, Oregon State over-under is set at 71, so something tells me this could be a high-scoring sc- high game. And, yeah, I say with the way USC's defense looked at times versus Stanford last week, yeah, I mean, 
I see USC giving up some points, but I'm going to pick USC to win in cover just because they they're really talented. I don't think USC is at playoff level yet, but they are getting there, and they're looking like the best team in the Pac-12 at the moment. So give me give me the Trojans to beat the Beavers Saturday night in cover. Uh, scooting on down to uh, Arizona State, which is hosting number thirteen Utah. The Utes are fourteen and a half point favorites on the road, and this is an a late kickoff on Saturday night, 9.30 p.m. Central on ESPN, 10.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Um, Utes are coming in 2-1, and one, and they're playing the Sun Devils, who are 1-2, and two, and they just fired Herm Edwards this week. Um, we'll see how quarterback Emory Jones responds after his head coach got fired. And they they do have Xavier Valaday, who has averaged 120.3 rush yards per game, which... It's a pretty good number for the Sun Devils, but I just think Utah's defense, which is still pretty darn good, Cam Rising, uh, running back TV on Thomas, I still think they can make plenty of plays in this game, and I think the Utes, I after what Nebraska showed after they fired Scott Frost last week versus Oklahoma, I don't have faith in Arizona State to do the same. Who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. So let, let's go with Utah winning but not covering the 14.5. It'll be a close game with a rocking atmosphere uh, for Arizona State. Washington, after they thumped Michigan State uh, last weekend uh, up in Seattle, they are uh, once again in Seattle this week hosting Stanford. Uh, another late kickoff, 9.30 p.m. Central, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Uh, Huskies are, yeah, Washington is 14-point favorites, and over-unders for this game is 63 and a half. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., Showed a lot of promise last week, throwing it all over the yard uh, to wide receivers, Jalen McMillan and Polk as well. Um, is this a hangover game for Washington? I don't know. Um, but with Stanford coming to down, you know they're going to be physical. David Shaw has his guys ready to play. Um, but Stanford's program, you never know what's in these days after so many talented players have come through the years. They just, they're, they just really don't have a superstar right now to carry that program. So give me Washington to continue its winning ways. They're looking like one of the better teams in the Pac-12 this year. And uh, yeah, let's let's go with Washington when covering the spread at home. Uh, number 15, Oregon on the road at Washington State. Six and a half point favorites are the Ducks. 3 p.m. Central kickoff on Fox. Um, Washington State has the number one scoring defense in the, in the Pac-12, interestingly enough. Um, and Bo Nix is known to struggle on the road, whether it's at Oregon or Auburn. He plays way better. He lit up BYU last week, but something tells me at Washington State he's just not going to be the same. I know the Ducks have won three straight versus uh, Washington State, but um, I think this is a classic hangover game for Oregon after their home drubbing of BYU. So give me Washington State in an upset. I'm calling it. Um, give, give me Washington State to upset Oregon at home and went straight up at cover. Kansas State at Oklahoma, so this is a 7 p.m. Central kick on Fox Saturday night, Big 12 matchup. Uh, Wildcats for Kansas State are 2-1. and one. Oklahoma Sooners are 3-0. and oh. Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma, great, great, great performance last week versus Nebraska. Um, nine touchdowns on the season, no interceptions. Um, Oklahoma's defense is playing with a nice swagger they haven't had in several years. No thanks to Brent, Brett Venables now being their head coach. Um, you know, with Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, the Nebraska transfer, he has always the capability to surprise you. 
um, Deuce Vaughn, their running back. Um, he leads the Big 12 in rushing. And actually, K-State's low-key has been Oklahoma's kryptonite. They've won two of the last three versus Oklahoma. But um, I think Oklahoma's talent wins out in this game, so I'm going to pick the Sooners to win. Um, K-State's performers versus Tulane last week uh, didn't show me really any promise for them. Number 17, Baylor at Iowa State. Iowa State is unranked, but they're favored by a field goal versus the Bears, who are ranked number 17. This is an 11 a.m. Central kick on ESPN2. Over-under for this game is 46. And the Cyclones are quite 3-0 this year. Um, they've only allowed nine points per game this year, and they're the number one ranked total defense in the Big 12. Um, Hunter, Hunter Deckers, their quarterback, has come in for Brock Purdy after he went, on, went off to the NFL, filled in nicely. Xavier Hutchinson has made some plays on the outside for the Cyclones. Um, Baylor actually leads the nation in rushing touchdowns at 14. Blake Shapin, this is his first start versus Iowa State. I'm going with I'm going with the Cyclones again in, in kind of an not really an upset because they're favored, but they're not ranked. So give me give me the Cyclones to win at home. A couple more games before we wrap up the college uh, picks. We have number 22, Texas going to Lubbock to take on the uh, Red Raiders of Texas Tech. 2.30 p.m. Central kick on ESPN. Both teams are two and one over under for this game is set at 60. Um, Texas Tech's good run defense is going to have their hands full of Bijan Robinson. Texas is 6-0 versus uh, Texas Tech in their last six games. We'll see if Hudson Card plays much or if their third-string quarterback comes in for Texas. Dolphin Smith, he's improved as the Texas Tech quarterback recently, but give me Texas to win um, and cover the six and a half the road. And finally, Wyoming at BYU. Um, BYU is coming off that a huge loss to Oregon last week in Austin. They are hosting Wyoming uh, at 9.15 p.m. Central on ESPN2. I think Jaron Hall uh, and the Cougars are going to bounce back. They've won eight straight versus Wyoming. Um, and Wyoming, they allowed 171 yards rushing to Air Force, and they're going to probably allow some big, big plays to BYU as well. And I don't think Titus Swin, Wyoming's running back, can really match the production of BYU. All right, let's go to the pros. All right, starting us off on Sunday, got the Bills at the Dolphins. Both teams are 2-0. This is the only matchup of the weekend, actually, with both teams undefeated. Um, Bills are five-point favorites in this game. Noon kickoff, Central on CBS. Over-under for this game is 53. Bills, they are clicking on all cylinders. They absolutely destroyed the Titans on Monday Night Football, 41-7. to uh, Josh Allen did his thing. Stephon Diggs had huge numbers again. Um Got easily got me the fantasy win in my fantasy, fantasy league. Thank goodness I picked up Stefan Diggs, and luckily I grabbed him when I could. Um, the Bills, anyway, have won seven straight versus the Dolphins, and six of them, six of those victories have come by double digits. So I think the Bills will win. Now, the key thing is can their secondary keep up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? And we saw what happened with the Baltimore secondary in the second half last week where they absolutely collapsed and for some reason just left, let Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just run by him. I think the Bills are more disciplined, and that's funny to say because the Baltimore Ravens are typically well-disciplined on defense, but the Bills, I think they're the best team in the league right now, and their defense is a big part of the reason why that they're such a juggernaut and people 
think of them as the best team in football. So I think they will keep it in front of them, keep Hill and Waddle in front of them for most of the day, but I still think the Bills are going to pull it out and win the game, even down in Miami in the heat. So give me the Bills to win this game and cover the five points, but barely. Chiefs at Colts, uh, Patrick Mahomes, what more is there to say? Um, he's the one of the best quarterbacks in September in NFL history, 13-2 and two overall in his career, seven touchdowns, no picks so far this season. Um, Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Colts in, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts, they're just struggling to find answers. They got shut out, shut out by Jacksonville on the road last week pretty pathetic performance now i think they're going to be ready to go in this game but i still think kansas city is more talented overall so i'm going with the chiefs um next game is the Bengals taking on the jets um the jets they got a win last week against the browns that they should have lost um the browns defense just totally forgot to play the last two and a half minutes of that game Joe Flacco, he has a good record against the uh, Steelers and the uh, and the Browns in his career, but against the Bengals, he actually has a losing record, nine eleven. Uh, and I think the Bengals, at some point, even though they're zero and two, I think they're still more talented than the Jets. So I'm going to pick the Bengals to win in this game. Uh, Joe Burrow should be able to find Jamar Chase and his weapons on the outside. Against the against the Jets, who don't have a great, really great of a defense to speak of, so give me the Bengals to win. All right, Texans at Bears. This is going to be an absolute uh, drag out of a game. Over under is thirty eight and a half, which tells me this is going to be a low scoring game. Bears are two and a half point favorites um, in Chicago at Soldier Field. Justin Fields has only thrown twenty eight passes total um, through two games for the bears. And by comparison, Davis mills for the Texans has thrown 75 passes. So Davis mills is averaging about 37, 38 passes a game. Justin Fields averaging 14 passes a game. Um, I think in this game, it doesn't really matter because I mean, the Texans, they're one of the worst teams in the league, not much offensive firepower to speak of other than maybe Davis mills making some plays to Brandon cooks and the bears will lean on David Montgomery, but long, long term for the bears, that's just not going to work in the national football league, especially in this day and age where you need your quarterback to uh, really lead your team on offense. Uh, it can't really be um, what it used to be where you could rely on a running back to carry your team through a season. The, the quarterback's going to have to throw the ball eventually. And, you know, um, Justin Fields, he, you know, they're building an offense for him. I say Darnell Mooney's a good wide receiver. I don't know why they're not using him. And I'm I'm just I, I want I want to see more out of Justin Fields before I start to believe in him. So I'm gonna pick the Bears at home uh to win. Um, but I'll be rooting for my Texans nonetheless. Um Raiders at Titans are up next. Both teams are uh 0-2. Titans surprisingly are more 0-2. Um, but they really don't have a pass rush, especially since Harold Landry went down before the season started. Um, they really need a wide receiver like Traylon Burks to step up and take the pressure off Derrick Henry um because he's a one-man show right now for the Titans on offense. 
Um, and the Raiders, um, they that collapsed since the Cardinals was just embarrassing last week. But I think they'll bounce back versus versus the Titans. Um, Derek Carr should be able to swing the ball against the Titans secondary. So give me the Raiders to win on the road as a road favorite versus the Titans. Uh, Ravens at Patriots. Uh, Ravens, two and a half point favorites in Foxborough against the Patriots. Noon kickoff on Fox. And uh, Lamar Jackson, you know his starting record for starting starting for the Ravens. His, his record's pretty good. Um, but the Ravens, right now, they have pass rush. And after last week against Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, they have secondary issues. The one thing Bill Belichick struggles more than anything else is dealing with running quarterbacks, and Lamar Jackson definitely fits that mold. So, you know, it's going to be a close game. I think the Ravens will pull it out on the road um, because I still don't trust Mac Jones and the Patriots offense really to do much of anything. But uh, don't, you know, don't count on this being a very high-scoring game. The over-under set at 44 for a reason. Um, Ravens will pull it out uh, in a very, very close game. Next up, Lions at Eagles. Vikings, six-point favorites at home. Uh, Kirk Cousins is 7-1 and one in his career uh, versus the Lions, which is a good thing. And in those games, he has thrown 18 touchdowns against just two interceptions. Um, the Lions, they have improved their pass rush, definitely. Um uh, the first half versus Washington, um, not so much of a performance, but second half, definitely. Actually, first half against Washington, they were good. In the second half, they weren't. But Amron St. Brown, for the Lions, he's been a weapon for him. I'll give you that. But I think the, the Vikings, after they were kind of embarrassed um, on Monday Night Football versus the Eagles, I think they bounced back at home. Justin Jefferson puts up numbers that were accustomed to seeing accustomed to see him doing so give me the vikings to win and cover at home uh this sunday speaking of those eagles they are on the road against the washington commanders this is the carson wins wins revenge game i guess but jalen hurts has shown very much improvement as well uh the commanders their defense is not as vaunted as it was last year even though they weren't really vaunted either um eagles are six and a half point favorites on the road i think this that's a pretty big margin even though they did put up a good performance versus uh, versus the Vikings last Monday night. But give me the Eagles to win against the Commanders. It'll keep be a close game. Uh, and Carson Wentz should put, up, should put up some numbers, but nonetheless, Eagles win. Saints-Panthers, I'm going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick the Panthers to finally get the dub. Jameis Winston... Um, has had some turnover issues recently. He has four fractures in his back, small fractures, I guess. Even though the Panthers have lost nine straight, they're nine straight games. They're due for due for a win at some point. So I'm just going to go with the Panthers in that game. Um, Packers and Buccaneers, the premier game versus you know what you have Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Um, the Bucks defense is allowed only 13 points all season, which is pretty impressive. The Bucks are only a Point favorite at home, so more of a pick em. The Buccaneers, Mike, their best receiver, Mike Evans, is suspended after uh, his scuffle last week in the game uh, versus the Saints. So their whole wide receiver department's kind of a conundrum right now. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers, the last two games he has played in the state of Florida, he has lost by a combined 73, 76 to 13 margin. Um, I, it's really interesting because you would think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, two of the most decorated quarterbacks in the 21st century. But I think both defenses are going to step up big time, especially the Bucks. You know, give me, even though Aaron Rodgers has more weapons, more reliable weapons, I still think the Bucks are going to win at home. It's their home opener, the Bucks. So I just think they're going to come out to play down in Tampa. So give me the Bucks to win and cover the one point. Uh, heading out west with the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, the Rams, they're three and a half point favorites at one and one. But Matthew Stafford has already thrown five interceptions through two games. Their defense has not played up to the caliber that they were last year, even though they brought in, you know, Bobby Wagner. They still have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on that side. They have stars everywhere on the defense side of the ball. Um, now, thankfully, the Cardinals for them, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is only one in six against the Rams as the Cardinals quarterback. And the Cardinals don't really have a great defense here. They have a bad defense, in fact. So I think Sean McVay is going to dial up a good game plan against the Cardinals. So give me the Rams to win and cover. Uh, Falcons at Seahawks, um, more of a pick em this game is up in Seattle. Um, I just think Seattle at home can get, get the crowd on their side and make some plays. Um, Geno Smith could make some plays too. They have more weapons like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The Falcons do have, you know, Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, but just the 12th man at Seattle is, I think, going to prevail. So give me the Seahawks to win in that one. And then Jaguars at Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert is questionable with a rib injury. He's been dealing with that since uh, Thursday night game versus the Chiefs. Um, the Jaguars, they are riding high after they shut out the Colts at home last week but they have an awful West coast record when they go out there. Um, and Trevor Lawrence um, put up good numbers, but he's not blowing me away yet. So give me, give me the chargers to win at home, even if Justin Herbert is questionable. And then getting to Sunday night, you have the 49ers taking on the Broncos at mile high stadium, 7:20 PM central kick on NBC. Still no red zone touchdown trips for the Broncos, which is alarming giving that given that Russell Wilson is their quarterback. And uh, now, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's just struggling with something. It's something every single week with this guy. He's just struggling. Um, and the 49ers, you know, I, I still believe Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback all along. Trey Lance was still not ready to play. Um, and this is a fact. The 49ers are 31-14 and 14, uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback under Kyle Shanahan and 9-29 and 29 with all other starting quarterbacks. So I think the 49ers, they're favored in this game for a reason. I think they'll win. I, the, their locker room, I think, is more galvanized with Jimmy Garoppolo now in his quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, I'm picking the 49ers to beat the Broncos on the road on Sunday Night Football. And going to Monday night, final game of the week, uh, Cowboys on the road facing the Giants, 7-15, 7.15 p.m. Central kick on ESPN, 8.15 on the East Coast. Over-under for this game is 39, so very interesting. A low-scoring game, I think, is in order. 
Cowboys, they are 9-1 against the G-Men since 2017, but their one loss was without Dak Prescott. And guess what? Dak Prescott is still going to be out for this game. Uh, the Cowboys will trot out Cooper Rush again. Uh, got the win last week versus the Bengals. However, however, you know, how ugly it was, I guess. Um, the Cowboys, they have good defense. Um, you know, the key is to run the ball with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Um, their saving grace is Daniel Jones is 0-8 in his career in primetime games. But I think with the way Saquon Barkley is playing right now, he's he's not played like this since really the, the Giants drafted him back in 2019. You know, Brian Dable has got something special cooking for the Giants. Um, they're they're looking for their first three and zero star uh, since two thousand nine, and I think I'm just going with I'm gonna pick the Giants to to get the job done at home versus the Cowboys. Um, I think Saquon Barkley is just gonna go off, so that's that's the reason I'm gonna pick the Cowboys. All right, now getting to some other sports news. So I just had a notification pop up my phone that our pool holes has now joined the number has joined the 700 club in the home run department. Uh, he has hit numbers six, six, six ninety nine and number 700 against the Dodgers. So congratulations to Albert pools for joining the 700 club, joining, uh, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth. Um, so, Happy for Albert Pujols, one of the best players ever to play this game, and no doubt a first ballot Hall of Famer. Again, congratulations to him for making the 700 club. Um, uh, earlier this week, uh, LSU is now placed on a one-year probation, and they have also uh, been given that one of their former assistants is a th- has been given a three-year show cause um, over recruiting violations. Um, so from an ESPN article, the Tigers said they fired a offensive line coach, James Craig for cause in June, 2021, after he admitted to violating NCAA rules on August 25th, a Louisiana judge awarded him nearly $500,000 after ruling that LSU had terminated his contract without cause at the time. The university said it planned to appeal the judge's ruling. Um, in addition to the probation, LSU has LSU had already self-imposed a $5,000 fine, a one-week prohibition in recruiting communication and unofficial visits, and reductions in official visits and evaluation days. And uh, ESPN writer Mark Schlaubach wrote this report. Uh, So, yeah, LSU, one-year probation for violating NCAA rules. Um, Also, you... Utah, apparently one of Utah students allegedly threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor on campus if if the Utah football team loses to San Diego State this weekend. Um, and it was a female, and she, they, uh, allegedly she posted on social media that um, she would detonate the nuclear reactor on campus, so. And she was booked in the Salt Lake County Salt Lake County Jail for making terroristic threats, and she was released on Wednesday. Um, just stupid thing to say, um, but nonetheless, we live in a crazy world. Uh, some other news: uh, I mentioned Herm Edwards got fired um, from Arizona State after they lost to Eastern Michigan. Um, Mike Evans suspended for a game. 
uh, after his fight with the Rams. Tyrod Taylor suing the doctor who punctured his lung a few years ago um, when he was still the Chargers starting quarterback. Now, after that happened, Justin Herbert came in and the rest is history, but he's definitely going to look for a settlement in this case. Um, Chargers Chiefs, it averaged about 13 million viewer, viewers on Thursday uh, on Amazon Prime, which peaked around 15 million. So good showing for Amazon Prime, um, two of the better teams of the league. Uh, showing out for Thursday night football a couple weeks ago or last week. Um, Robert Sarver has decided to sell the Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, the WNBA. So the pressure got to him. Um, he has started that process. Uh, we'll be following that story for sure. Um, the Las Vegas Aces, they won the WNBA finals in four games over the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, he defeated Triple G by unanimous decision. He won his to defend his undisputed super middleweight title, uh, premier fight for boxing. And then finally, the big sports story of the week has been Celtics coach Ime Udoka, who is now suspended for the entire 2022-2023 season after it was reported that he had a consensual sexual relationship with a female staff member. And it is alleged now, a uh, bombshell came out today, that it could be the wife of Celtics vice president of finance and controller, Patrick Lynch, um, whose name is Kathleen Nimmo Lynch. That's the wife of the Celtics vice president. So if that's the case, then um, no wonder that the Celtics are suspending him and maybe they'll just fire him. Um, absolute bombshell news out of the story. Um, there's been reports that other females could be involved. Um, that's not confirmed yet, but um Definitely has been confirmed in reports that this was a consensual relationship. I think, you know, cheating on someone, he already, he was dating Nia Long and they had a kid together. Um, and, you know, sleeping with another man's wife is definitely wrong. Um, and unfortunately it happens all the time. But, you know, why don't they just fire him if, you know, keep him around suspended and what are they going to do bring him back like i just don't get why they just fire him if if he broke team rules so a big story to follow but bombshell news coming out today that it could be the wife of a celtics vice president um very very huge news huge a huge scandal coming out of the boston celtics who are by the way preseason betting favorites to win the nba finals all right guys that is the episode for this week um thank you so much for checking out the episode I really do appreciate go to anchor.fm slash Lance Sampson to support the show. Tell your friends and family. Um, yeah, I'll catch you guys next weekend. Take care. Mm -hmm.